This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My heartfelt intention is to connect people to the truth of who they are so they can live a purpose-filled life and hold the light in the amazing world we live in. Amy. Valeria interviews Amy Hubbard. She is a licensed rapid transformational therapist and has trained with the world-renowned Marissa Peer. She has worked in the wellness industry for the past 22 years. She loves to infuse her skills as an energy healer into her transcendent hypnotherapy sessions and coaching services. Her passion is guiding her clients to discover and embody their light so they can be the most confident version of themselves. Meet Amy at IamFullness.com. Here's the interview with Amy Hubbard. In your own words, who is Amy Hubbard? Mm. I would say that I am definitely a soul seeker, have been since I can, as long as I can remember, I have been a person who has been um, on a quest for my own healing and just learning about the world and why I'm here. And I've always felt really connected to or all, excuse me, I should say, I've always wanted to feel really connected to my soul and um, have just always been into exploring life and what it means, what it is, why I'm here. So that that's, yeah, that's a bit about who I am. What are we looking for? Like, what is the, let's say, if there's a destination for this, for the human experience, what would that be? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I feel like, I guess I'm always looking for meaning and purpose and yet I don't, I don't always find it. (laughs) Right. Right. Seeking. (laughs) So it never ends. That's interesting to hear when you speak of soul seeker. I never heard it that way. A lot of my guests, they, when I ask that question, they say, I'm a seeker spiritual seeker, but soul seeker. Mm -hmm. I never heard it that way. Mm -hmm. What is your idea of the soul, Amy? What is the soul to you? I feel like the soul is the, it's the infinite part of us, the total, you know, the immortal part of us that has been with us forever and always, and is the part that is, I I say part only because I don't know how else to say it, but it's, it's us who's always connected to source or God or Whatever, whatever term that somebody likes to use for that. Um, and it's beyond, it's beyond the story of Amy or it's beyond the story of just Valeria. Like Valeria is a part of that. Amy's a part of this, right? But it's not the whole story. The soul is, is all of it. The paradox, perhaps, or the contradiction is that we are trying to find something that is not an object. 
So it can't be described, it can't be seen, touched, smelled. So, and that is it's such a, a mystery, isn't it? Do you still see as, as a mystery, Emmy, all this? I'm, yeah, it's always a mystery. And it feels like whenever you learn more, it just takes you even deeper into that next level. And you could have even more questions, you know, it, right. it never ends. Yeah. It's almost, you know, I heard before something very interesting from, I think it was a Hindu monk, Advaita Vedanta monk. He said, I have found the answer, but I don't have the question. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No more questions, just the answer (laughs) remained. So that was beautiful and kind of, um, I never forgot that. Yeah. So another question, open question that I have for you is, from your perspective, what is the authentic self? Yeah, it's the self. It's you free as you are being exactly who you are without trying to pretend to be, you know, for some, something for somebody else, like, so many of us experience that, right? Even if we are feeling like, no, I'm, I'm truly authentic, my authentic self now. I mean, there's always been probably a point in everyone's life where they felt like they really couldn't truly be themselves. That sounds wonderful. It sounds like freedom to me when I think about it. This idea that we can just express ourselves exactly as we understand ourselves to be without mm-hmm. any shame or apology. But then I kind of come across some challenging situations in the sense of playing roles. Like yeah. I can't really talk to my mother the way I talk to my husband, for example, or mm-hmm. my sister. So there's a, we're always trying to uh, almost like recreate that inner reality when it comes to relationships. We do. Don't we? Mm-hmm. We absolutely do. And how do we come to terms with that, Amy? Are we still being authentic when we are recreating, reshaping that inner reality to connect with others? Yeah, I feel like it's a dance, you know. I feel like as you become more awake and aware of who you truly are, then you can you have to navigate that one person at a time, right? So you can you can be your true authentic self. For example, speaking to your mother, but you don't have to tell her everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, there's things <laughs> that we yeah. can do. It's, um, yeah, it's a practice. I don't think there's a one answer for that sort of situation. And it's not even in terms of secrets or anything that is inappropriate right. or anything like that. Even conversations like now, having this conversation with you, mm-hmm. I cannot have this conversation with my mother because she doesn't know what the authentic self is. She has different ideas about the soul. The soul, perhaps I can talk to her about. She says spirit. She doesn't use the word soul. Right. But it's the same thing anyway. I can't have have these conversations with everyone I meet. It, that's, um, as I said, off record. That's why I do this. Because now right. I feel free. Oh, my God, I can express uh, those yeah. deep thoughts <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the thing, right? That's how we navigate though. But that, I don't think that we need to, I think that we can be many different things, right? And still be true to ourselves. What is the anchor to that authenticity that's underlying, you know, that inner reality, regardless where we are and with Mm -hmm. whom we are speaking and it doesn't matter the situation it's always there what would that be I would say for me it's my heart it's how I feel 
So connecting to that heart space um, is very, very important because that that is that's like information coming to you. That's that connection you have to your inner guide, you know. And if it feels out of alignment with your heart, then chances are you're, you, you know, you're doing something out of alignment. You're saying things out of alignment. Right. But you can. So it's it's important to have that kind of anchor. That is um, it's something that I have been reflecting throughout my entire life. And I remember thinking perhaps even 10 years ago, I knew that for sure that, you know, now that you speak from the heart, but in, in a sense of discernment. But I remember thinking specifically, having this specific emotion or thought, perhaps, mm-hmm. kindness, love, kindness. Like, I knew that if I came from that space, which is space really, love, kindness, then I would be okay in yeah. the sense of the human experience. Yeah. I always knew that. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, see, and that's beautiful that you always knew that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is that what you're speaking of? Kind of the uh, kindness and love? Yes. And the connection you have to really you and how you feel, because what happens with your heart space is if you're doing something um, that's not in alignment with the truth of who you are, you're going to feel it. So that's like a signal, you know, you can think of it like a signal to you. Yeah. So that's not, in a way, it's not being kind to ourselves, not loving ourselves. So it goes back to that same yeah. idea, but you pointing inward mm-hmm. that that's a reference. It's almost like there's a sign that we can feel when we are not in alignment with kindness and love. Absolutely. Especially towards ourselves. So three questions for you. What is healing? What is the goal of healing? And what are the obstacles to healing? Wow. Wow. That's a that's a really big question. What is yeah, healing? I'm going to use the word alchemizing. I'm going to say that healing is a, is a kind of alchemization in the sense that when we're healing something, some, maybe there's something in particular that you want to heal from, you know, something from your childhood or whatever you, you, you want to take it to that next level, take it from that pain that it feels like and it looks like and that thing that's blocking you and you want to alchemize it and, you know, polish it and get it to that next place where you can feel whole and complete in a sense, right? I mean, there's, listen, there are many, many, many ways of healing and there's many different things in our lifetime that we will heal from or not heal from. Right. So it's not just a one and done situation, obviously. Right. I love that idea. You know, your website that really caught my attention because it's titled I am wholeness. Mm -hmm. I am wholeness.com. I love that. There's something that resonates energetically true. When you say now I'm whole, I'm complete. That is true. And why do we have the feeling that we are not? Why does it have to be a practice, right? To keep going back to that truth. Because we live in this world, <laughs> which says uh, not yeah. full and complete at every turn, you know? We weren't born in a world that, that really gives us that message, were we? You know, we feel um, just it starts when you're born. You know, no one's born in a perfect household. But even if you were born in a perfect household on this planet, when you're born as a human, it looks like everything is separate. You know, we look separate and everything feels separate. And 
you know, if you're not this, then you're not good enough. If you're not that, then you might not be this enough. You know, it's just, it's kind of the messaging that we're born into in this reality, it feels like. So it's the body-mind that's being mm -hmm. healed. It's not really who we truly are, right? I mean, because that's perfect oh, yeah. and complete. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, it's our body and it's, it's our mind. And I would say I would include some of our spirit in that. I mean, we are... We are spiritual beings living here in this human body, right? So it's sort of like this package that we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how do you heal the spirit? Is that the same as the soul? You know, it's so interesting because I don't really know the answer to that, but I feel like it's all included. I don't feel like, for example, that the soul can be, you know, hurt, so to speak, mm -hmm. but the yeah. soul goes through the lifetime of being Amy, of being Valeria, of being whoever we are in this lifetime and whatever your other beliefs are around that. Right. So, um, I feel like, a, yeah, that's, there is healing to be done that in the sense that your soul is always learning, right? It's always learning. So it's all part of it. Oh, I see. So you're actually making a distinction between the body, the mind and the soul in a sense that the body, we all know, it's easy to tell. Yeah. And then the mind, thoughts, emotions, memories, and all that. And then you have the subtle body, I would call it the soul, which those, it still feels like it's the mind, but it's not, right, Amy? It's not the mind. The mind is, mm. I feel like the mind, the mind is a tool that we use while we're here. It's, it's, I love, somebody said this, I'm not taking credit for it. You've probably heard it before, but the mind is a wonderful servant and a horrible master. So yeah. if you can see it as a tool, it's a part of who we are, absolutely, and it's it's a tool. That's how I see it. Right. So the mind is a tool. It's just to, it's an operational tool to we take the body, it. right? Yeah, we do yes. need we need need that. And then the soul. I'm trying to understand the soul carries the uh, imprint of what we have learned or done in this lifetime. Would that be accurate? It kind of passes on, goes on. I think it's a part of us that's directly connected to source. Oh, I see. And source would be something different. Uh, yeah. yeah. How would you describe the source or consciousness, as I call it? Yeah, I just, I think it's like the big, um, it's the essence of who we all are, but source is the the source of it all, right? The God of all gods. The I don't yeah. know. It depends on you how you want to word it. <laughs> right. So it's kind of, um, in a way, not underlying, but it's almost like... Um, archery it's um so hard to explain you right it's almost in everything it's part mm -hmm. of the soul it's part of the, the body the mind but it's everything yeah uh, it's not like the soul that can change and move on and be something else it's always one thing right yes. I mean, it never changes mm -hmm. that's what i believe you know of course i'm saying it like yes that's true and that's what i believe but hey let everyone's left to their own <laughs> <laughs> yes right right but that's your understanding of of what it is that's um, yeah. that's wonderful to know i love because i love you too you like that uh, inquisitive is the that yeah. quest for understanding for spiritual knowledge for self Self-knowledge, really. It's not just spiritual knowledge, self-knowledge. So I have huge admiration for that, um, for myself, for being that way and people when I meet them. So I appreciate you being the way you are. How did you come to these understandings, Amy, all the knowledge you have today? 
Oh, it's been a long journey. Um, it's just been many, many different. First off, I would say that I was given the gift of curiosity for mm-hmm. sure. Super curious about consciousness, even when I was quite young, I would say. Um, I was kind of a born new ager. Yes. <laughs> um, I say that really, because I was born in mm-hmm. Texas, Dallas, Texas, which is very conservative and it tends to be pretty religious. Um, and I was always like, okay, well, okay, but what else is there? Like, I'm not sure I'm buying into just the story you're telling me here. So I, the gift of curiosity has led me down many different paths, um, studying different, um, you know, religions as well as just different, I don't know, going through different experiences with, with consciousness through healing practice, through meditation and, um, even plant medicine really has been a part of my journey in discovering who I am. So I think now it's a good time to um, talk about the labels behind you. You are a licensed rapid transformational therapist, energy healer, hypnotherapist, and coach. So talk to me for a moment about transcendent hypnotherapy sessions. Mm-hmm. So that caught my attention. I never heard it that way, transcendent hypnotherapy. What is that? Well, I, I called it that because I, it just depends on what goes on in the session, but I've, I tend to attract a lot of, um, other empaths, um, who are, who are in the healing field as well. And so a lot of times in our sessions, anything can come up (laughs) and a lot comes up with, um, I would say past lives and just different kinds of energies, you know, that they're, they're processing, right? So it really, I'm just helping them. I'm like the guide on the journey and I'm, I'm guiding them through whatever, um, whatever transformation, you know, needs to, gets to unfold in that moment. Right. So I just use that word just to kind of signal to people that I, 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 I work with a lot of the different, um, like in a spiritual sense a lot of that kind of thing can come up in our sessions it doesn't always I can also be very mainstream but I think that I just kind of put that in there to sort of cover that because a lot of I do end up working with a lot of energy healers and so it's just very interesting what can come up in a session and it often does right Amy Mm -hmm. it It does does. yeah Mm. so that's amazing even if we don't talk about it or even if we don't believe then it the subconscious is holding all those imprints from lifetime perhaps or mm-hmm. or maybe understandings that we don't even think that we have from this lifetime how interesting absolutely sometimes the subconscious is really holding the picture of what really um what it its perception of what happened to you, right? So there's a lot of details and stuff that we can't get out of our conscious mind, but your subconscious mind knows, you know, it's it's the gatekeeper to all that. It's hypnotherapy for everyone? It's for most people, I would say. There are certainly exceptions to that. There's always, you know, contraindications. Um, obviously, if, if somebody... If somebody has, issue, you know, certain mental health issues with um, any kind of psychosis or, you know, um, it wouldn't be the best thing for them. But that's always it is for most people. Yes. Right. That's good to know. That's yeah. interesting that you mentioned, because I know that that's the same advice and suggestion that a lot of the um, psychedelic 
Uh, yes, coaches, absolutely. they would say same thing. So psychedelics and hypnotherapy, they access the same areas in the brain. Is that what it is? Yeah, they really do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, working with the subconscious. Absolutely. What are some of the misconceptions we have about hypnotherapy or most people have? Well, I think that a lot of people may think that it's like stage hypnotherapy, which is, you know, making people do these ridiculous things or that that the hypnotherapist can really control them. Um, And also, which is not true, by the way, let me just say that it's absolutely not true. So even though you would be you could be in a state of hypnosis, you're not going to receive something that you're against, actually. I couldn't put you into hypnosis also and say, um, Valeria, you're going to write me a $50,000 check and you're just going to, you know, that's not going to happen because you're, you're, you're going to, you're not going to agree with that. Right. So, um, and the other thing about hypnosis is that, is that everyone goes into hypnosis every single day, which is amazing. So it's something that we do all the time when you're just kind of doing your thing. Maybe you're driving somewhere and you've been there many, many times your subconscious can take over, do the job for you, and you'd be in sort of this like state of relaxation slash hypnosis, daydreaming state, you know? Um, so yeah, it's it's not uncommon. So we are already within the topic of uh, healing our subconscious limiting beliefs and transforming our lives uh, and also connecting with ourselves um, authentically or from mm-hmm. the authentic self. So another question that comes from when I think about belief systems or beliefs is I have asked here to some other guests, what is the difference between beliefs and values? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, well, beliefs are something that you sort of, they're, okay, beliefs start out as some like thoughts that you have over and over again that are attached to feelings. And it's through our beliefs that we live our life, right? We live our life through our beliefs, believing, for example, if you believe that you're awesome, that you are this amazing person, then you go out in the world and you, you know, you act like that, right? You, you, you show up like that. And because you think you're awesome, you're able to recognize that in other people and so forth, right? It creates this sort of amazing life for you. Yeah. And then what you value, well, that's what you value. That's what you see as important in your life. So your values, for example, you can value, you know, family could be the highest, like having your family, the highest value, but you can also, but at the same time, you can have a belief that, you know, you're not lovable because what you value is not the same as your beliefs. So you know, you can, you can value money. Money can be of the highest value to you and your belief. You can have, you know, beliefs that, um, you can value money as being the most important thing. And at the same time, you could hold the belief that you're not worthy of having money. I mean, we can get pretty complicated, you know? Yes. True. So true. The the contradictions, that contradiction is coming from, I would say the lack of alignment between thoughts of beliefs and action in what we do between what we think and what we do right Amy is that um yeah and it's it's also it's not just what we think it's what we feel because really the key is is that our feelings are really run our life right in the sense that you know if we think a certain thought it creates a feeling 
And then that feeling leads to an action or inaction. And then that inaction or action leads to events, let's say, which tend to lead right back to the the thought that you had underneath all that. So it really all connects. True. So thoughts, feelings, and also feelings, thoughts. Could we also reverse that process? Yes. Mm -hmm. And feelings and emotions, are they the same to you? Yeah, I would say they're the same. Okay, no difference. Often I'm very curious about these things because I get different answers. Mm -hmm. It feels like it is the same, but I have heard answers like feelings we cannot control and emotions we can. Oh, that's a very interesting thing, I guess, because really, I I think that I could see why somebody would say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why, Emmy? (laughs) If you don't mind me ask. (laughs) Just as you say the word, it's like emotions, you know, energy and motion, right? And so what we emote we can we actually can learn to control that, right? I think that it's not about, you know, again, when we say the word control, it feels like that feels like a, it it's to me, it feels a little negative. It's not so much about, you know, controlling. I mean, a lot of this all starts with acknowledging how we're feeling to begin with, right? And not repressing. So yeah. And that's funny you say that because I often I have said that many times here on the podcast that I don't like the word control. Mm-hmm. Although I try not to push anything away, as you know, the more you try to push something away, it persists, right? The more we yes. resist, it persists. Yes. So I try not to kind of judge anything, not even words. But there is this uh, energetic resonance to that word, control. There's something about it. That, oh, that, but that might be a subconscious belief, right? That control is a negative thing. It might be just the subconscious well, it could be there could be an affiliation with, you know, control that is negative. But in general, life is life. Right. And we can't really control it. So I think that's sort of where I'm coming from on it, you know, and we're here to feel and we can't we can't try to control our feel. I mean, we can we can try to control our feelings. Absolutely. But it usually doesn't end well for that. You know, it's it, it, it makes us more um, repressed sometimes. It it can cause more issues, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's just that uh, for most people, like one of my first questions when I heard that was, how can we learn to have a better relationship with our feelings in the sense of not expressing the ones that will hurt us and other people? Yeah, I think that I think that really a lot of times for all of us, we feel things and we don't even get in, in touch with what we're actually feeling and why. And I think that's really, really key. It's something that I personally have learned over the years that I'm I'm still working with, you know, you know, it's like, what is that? Why am I feeling that, you know? And if someone triggers, like if someone, if you're triggered by somebody, it's really about often taking a look inside you. Like, why do I feel this way? Why did what they say hurt me? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's all a process. You see, that is something that's, it's very close to my own reality, personal reality, per se, Mm -hmm. is that when my husband says something that is clearly not kind, (laughs) then is this something that it's in me that's perceiving that as unkind or is it natural as, you know, as human beings to perceive, to know what is unkind and kind of respond to it? So it's a very interesting thing, you know, um, just bringing up that example for, for, for example, maybe I'm not saying this is the way it is, but maybe you, you have a pattern from when you were very young that has always been there that 
um, and I'm just making this up, that you speak your truth, right? That when you speak your truth, that, um, you know, you get shut down. Mm, Yeah. Say that you have that and it's a subconscious. You don't walk around going, if I speak my truth, I'm going to get shut down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What you do is, you know, you're, you're, you're living your life and you, you do, you speak your truth and then your husband he, he mirrors that to you. For example, he mirrors that to you and he shuts you down. And then you go into this feeling and the feeling is very familiar to you because you've been feeling this since you were a kid. And it leads to that belief again, you know, wow, I really should just, you know, whatever it is like, every time when I speak, I get shut down. I knew it. I can't, I can't tell him the truth. And it leads into this whole reality that you've created for yourself, right? Mm, yes. See, that makes a lot of sense. I actually said that as an example, but applies really. Because as a child, I remember not being able to speak. I couldn't really say. I had so much to say, but I couldn't. Because my mother would say, shut up. I grew up with a lot of violence, emotional and physical violence. So it was really, yeah, a lot of aggression when it comes to that. So I was always shut down. So that's why you do what you do now, because you are passionate about speaking your truth, right? Yes. But there's this part of you that's still in your family. You still hold it maybe a little differently that hasn't quite integrated this, you know, with your family, let's say, just for example, that little girl part of you that still holds that a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, A bit is really nice being (laughs) kind. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting how he holds on to it. But Mm -hmm. I'm I'm able to recognize it. And I'm very aware of everything, the thought process, the feelings. And I don't respond to them or don't react to them immediately. Mm -hmm. I just listen. And then, of course, I do my own work because I do a lot of uh, meditation. And then I go into it, the inner child and all that. But I wonder if it ever goes away because it has, I've been doing this work for a long time and it's still here. I can still hear that voice. I hear you. I feel like, I feel like yes and no. I think that it can. I do think that it's possible. And I also feel like, and I know for myself that I have those, that voice as well. And Mm -hmm. it's, my life has transformed through the healing and yet that voice still comes through. And so I just take that as an opportunity. You know, I have to feel into that. Sometimes I just have to be really sad with it. Right. And just go through the process, but I can always talk to that part of myself and be like, you know, connecting with the little girl, right. Connecting with her and and asking her why she feels that way and helping myself go to that next level. And I, and I am able to do that, you know, and I know, I know, even though you can still hear that voice, that's the same for you because of where you are and what you're doing now. See, when I think about the subconscious, I think about the soul. It's, they seem mm-hmm. to be very much connected or very yes. close connected. Yeah. So if we don't clear all these imprints in this lifetime, does it mean <laughs> that they will go on the next one? And we well, were born this way already. <laughs> you know, I couldn't answer that question I'm not in charge, but I would say that to have the best life possible right here and right now, you can begin clearing those stories. You know, it's, it's not about clearing quote, all of the stories who know, you know, just going through life. Like if you, for example, just to simplify for a moment, let's say that you really have been struggling with confidence, right? And you know that you want to do something more with your life. 
then start with that. Start focusing on how can I feel more confident? Like what is holding me back? And then, you know, just doing it it, from that perspective, taking it one step at a time so that you can, and then you just, before you know it, you are on a healing path. You are expanding. You are growing, you know. It's uh, taking action anyway, inspired actions, right? From that place that's already healed or or perhaps uh, healed enough, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) I love that suggestion, Amy. You made me think about... Something else that I have been always confident when it comes to the the wisdom of the inner world, because <laughs> I was shut down so many times, not to speak. Then I became very familiar with that inner reality that was all about love and kindness, even though I grew up with a lot of violence. But the inner world was very calm and it was kind. So I always felt that. I'm not sure how I expressed that at that time. I remember being trying to make peace all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when my mother was so distressed and then I would, even though she had kind of uh, been violent with me, I would still go there and try to, instead of her trying to heal me with words and, yeah. and trying to calm me down, I, w- I was doing that to her. And I remember yeah. doing that with everybody, my family, my father, my my sister. So that was your your strategy for, for getting love as being the caretaker. Right. Exactly. Feeling yes, yeah. Now that I understand yeah, as an adult I understood those things. And but then that inner confidence, I was always very confident about it's almost like trusting my own self, my own inner world reality in a sense of um doing the best that I could to help myself and others. But it was always related to others, too. There's something about that was connected to other people. Though I felt, it's almost feeling compassion for myself, but I would express that with others. Mm-hmm. Everybody I met, I would show them compassion and kindness. But in reality, that's what I wanted for myself. Yeah. When you speak of confidence, that kind of gets my attention because it's not, it was never about the inner world, but the outer world. Like physically, I never felt confident. Yeah. Oh, I'm not pretty enough or I'm not whatever. And then I came here and I was brown. And then I I think I never, I was never bullied or anything. But I remember feeling, yeah, physically, only at the physical level, but it was never at the mind, emotional level. Not feeling confident? Yeah, the confidence piece. Yes, it didn't affect the mind in that deeper sense, but only the physical. Yeah, no, it's really, really fascinating. I mean, when you grow up in a household where you are not, um, you're not receiving, you know, when a child grows up in a household where they're not receiving unconditional love, it's our first it's our first point, right, in the world. So when we we need to get that unconditional love from our parents, because then that's how we sort of imprint and learn to love ourselves. And so for you, what what you're saying here, what I hear you saying is you, you know, and kind of a, it was very violent. It was um, you were getting it wasn't unconditional love, and so you didn't learn how to um, imprint on that unconditional love for yourself, right? So what all of us get to learn, and I really feel this very strongly, is is how to be our own parent, how to give ourselves unconditional love. Right. That's a beautiful practice. That's another one, right? Accepting right. all parts of us, right? And like, and, and so what ends up happening, though, Valeria, is that we look out in the world and because we have this belief inside of us that I'm not enough, 
and, and everyone has their like different ways that they do it. Right. But especially a lot of times for women, it is, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this yeah. enough. I'm not tall enough, whatever it is. I'm not smart enough. Um, all of these things, because we come from that lens. We don't, we forgot we are whole and complete. And we just didn't, we did not know that because we weren't given that message. Right. So we yeah. look outside and then we start to find ways to make us, you know, externally look better or whatever, all the things to try to fix us. And I even went the other way, the other extreme, try not even to do anything to my hair or no makeup or anything. Mm-hmm. And just kind of appreciating myself that way, too, without mm-hmm. trying too hard to kind of um, fit in. I really I did that as an experiment. Uh-huh. And it was really great. And then um, and then now I'm at a place where it's it's just it's, everything's fine. <laughs> everything. Right. I accept yeah. everything. Makeup, no makeup, good hair, bad hair. It's OK. Yeah. So it's, uh, it feels much more peaceful now. Thank God. Right. It's the gift that we we can give ourselves, uh, you know, through life. You know, that's that's to all the healing work that you've done. Right. And also just just with the wisdom of living life. It really pays off. Yeah, the commitment to healing pays off in a sense of peace. So I can see that now. Yeah. Thank you for making those comments, Amy. And um, perhaps I talked too much about that the subject. And, <laughs> and I do wanted to ask a question about your own healing journey through hypnosis. We talked mm-hmm. briefly off record. I would love to hear, how was it? What did you heal through hypnosis? Well, um, by the way, I do want to make one more comment about the body how deeply intertwined your subconscious mind is with your body. Uh, And so I just wanted to say that to you, that when you're healing in the subconscious, you know, realm, we'll call it, you really, you're not just working with the mind, you're working with your body as well. All that. Um, So for myself, and when I, when I discovered, so I actually, it's funny, I did, I received hypnosis a few, like years ago. And I worked on, and I, the first time I went and did hypnotherapy was because I kept dating all the wrong guys and it was like so bad. So I worked on that. I really focused on like getting myself on the straight and narrow, as you say, like, why am I doing this to myself? It really did help me a ton, but I came to hypnosis years later again. And this time I, I, I was receiving a lot of hypnotherapy around confidence and self-esteem to move forward because I was at this place in my life where I really was like, okay, I want to do something different. You know, I want to do something I'm feeling, I want to expand and grow. And I really just didn't know what, what to do. I had no idea. And I would never allow myself because I was like, no, you can't, you got to stay where you are, you know? So the work I came across rapid transformational therapy, and I started to really dive into that, all those beliefs and the root causes around why I just didn't want to share my voice, you know, all my confidence. Anyway, in that process, that's when I was, I just, I was like, oh, this is amazing because it changed so much of how I felt about myself. I felt so excited and I thought, you know, I really want to help other people feel this way. And so that's how I actually got into becoming a rapid transformational therapist and a hypnotherapist. So that's a a beautiful place to come from your own experience. You know, it works and then Mm -hmm. yeah, you pass that on to others. I love when I hear that. 
that is not something that you learned and then you practicing on others. It's something that you have gone through yourself. So something else that caught my attention, you sent me a piece that it reads, I tend to attract and work with a lot of women who are extremely empathic Mm -hmm. and have issues related to lack of confidence. So I was when we talked about confidence just earlier. Is there a, a connection between empathy and confidence? I, you know, <laughs> it's very interesting. I don't know exactly what that connection is. I think what that has to do with is, is because I've been in the, the field of healing for so long, I do just tend to attract empaths who also are in the field of, you know, healing or mm-hmm. they know they should be and they're not yet, you know, they want to move in that direction. Right. So, um, but with their with these empaths, it, it has a lot to do. Their confidence has a lot to do with putting their voice out there and being heard. So, and I just that's just a lot of what I've worked with. I'm not sure if there is a uh, connection between being empathic and, and confidence, but there is a connection between being empathic and knowing that, owning that reality and expressing yeah. that reality. Yeah, expressing it, yeah. And they're just a need. Um, a lot of them really have no confidence in that. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a gift, isn't it? It's a beautiful gift mm-hmm. to be empathic. And, and of course, it comes with um, challenges. It comes <laughs> like, with a price. And it does, not it? Yeah. It does come with a price because... A lot of us who you're born, you just, it, you're really super, super sensitive. There's, there's no word. This word empathic came a lot, you know, empath was like something that people started talking about just a few years ago, but I still get clients like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> and it's nice to just put a word to it because when, especially when you're little and you're having the experience of being super sensitive and you're feeling all these feelings, they may not even be, that may not even be yours. It can be very confusing. And it's not like your mom or dad is going to come to you and be like, this is why you're not, you know what I mean? There's, and it can be very overwhelming and, and challenging. For those who probably have not heard this, um, this idea before that being empathic, it's uh, actually, it's being sensitive enough to almost absorb energies from around us. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up kind of not knowing why we are feeling the way we are because we are actually right we are it's a compound kind of energy we're just having layers of different energies around our own energy so do you work with them in a sense of uh, making a let's say uh, not separation i like i don't like to separate anything but making a distinction between their own energies and other people's energy yes I, I, I help them identify that. And I also help them see, you know, remind them that, Hey, you know, that what, whatever they've taken on, that that's not them. But also I help them see that it really is a gift in how to use it because just because you can feel other people's feelings or you can, you know, feel the energy doesn't mean you have to take it on. Doesn't mean you have to own it. Doesn't ever have to come live with you. So that's a lot of what I work with is, you know, teaching them how to not do that. You know, I mean, I 
I've gotten so much better with it over the years. I still have to remind myself occasionally for sure, but, um, I've gotten so much better with it over the years myself. Like you can be like a weather balloon. You don't have to take it on. You can just dip in, (laughs) assess, feel, you know, and that's the gift, right? You can really get a sense of what's going on. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. That has to do with boundaries. That's what it is, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the work of boundaries. Yeah. Which has been a very challenging practice for me to say no or mm-hmm. or even at the energetic level, kind of trying to block those energies or perhaps not blocking them, letting them in, but then knowing how to kind of let them go to. I think that's what it is, yeah. right? Flow through you, just pass through you. Wow, that sounds like a, a beautiful work. <laughs> I need to learn more about that, how yeah. not to stay with those energies. Exactly. I mean, and also for you having the background that you have, you know, talking about boundaries is just, yeah, I mean, it's just a, for you, I'm sure that's been a practice for a long time, right? Creating boundaries because when you're, when you're young and you're, there are no boundaries, then it's not, you know, it's something that's not familiar to you, right? So you have to make it familiar having those boundaries. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I I felt like I was a child when I was 35 years old, I still felt mm-hmm. like no boundaries at all and just uh, wow. like a little kid walking this world. So I just kind of uh, realized that when I was around 37, that's when I I kind of noticed that I was behaving from a mine or the perspectives, imprints of mm-hmm. a five, seven-year-old when yeah. I was that age, which is amazing. Little, that's your little girl. She was running your world because she was she was not safe. So she was, yeah. Yeah, right. Oh my God, Amy. <laughs> it's now when I think about it, it's just nah. It seems like she's still innocent, but yeah, wise at the same time. So that's that makes. And she it. feels safer. That's why too. You've worked so much. You've done so much work that she feels so much safer. So she doesn't have to be the loudest voice, you know. Mm-hmm. When they're not safe is when they get really loud and they control. Yeah, right. Using that word control. <laughs> That's exactly what kids try yeah. to do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy, uh, for having this conversation with me today. Letting me share also, because I love sharing this message with, with other people. And that's what, to me, that's what gives me purpose. Kind of learn, connect, and then pass that on. <laughs> that's my purpose. And speaking of purpose, I have some ending questions for you that include that question. But before that, would you like to add anything else that you left unsaid? I don't think so. I think we covered so much. You know, I'm, I'm really thank you so much for having me here. I, I love having these conversations. Oh my God, thank you. Are you open to new clients at the moment, Amy? Yes, I am actually. Um, People can just visit my website. Oh, yeah, your beautiful website. <laughs> Iamholeness.com. How can I forget that? I don't have it in front of me, but <laughs> I can never forget. <laughs> because it sounds like a mantra, like an affirmation. A mantra, really. Uh, it's a spiritual truth. Yeah. I love that. So thank you so much for being you. Thank you. And the ending questions, let me see. Yeah, I'll ask that question about purpose and then another one. How do we know when we are living our purpose? What are the signs? I would say that you feel totally, um, you just feel in alignment is the best way to say it. It feels good. It feels right to take, you're able to get up and take aligned action. You feel like, you know, you're living life through your heart. 
Mm, yes. Oh, I love that. Yes, right. <laughs> and then my last question is, at this time, what is the world's greatest need? Oh, wow. Well, the world, I guess the greatest need of the world, I would say each one of us is to wake up and remember that we are whole and complete. Beautiful. Thank you so much again, Amy, for your presence, for what you do, the way you communicate, your beautiful truth. And I love your intuition, too. You're very intuitive, <laughs> very sensitive. <laughs> so you're able to actually know things. From what you said earlier, I knew that the, you're tapping into those energies that are here uh, because we're all connected, right? So it's, yeah. it just takes being open. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank you again. And before we say goodbye again, I wanted to um, mention where to find you. So IamWholeness.com. Are there any other places that we can find you on the, on the internet or offline? Um, actually, that's that's the best place. I mean, of course, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, but I think it's easier just to type in I'm, I am wholeness. <laughs> yes, wonderful. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Amy. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Amy Hubbard and her work, please visit IamWholeness.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.